Hey everybody, welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tuesday, August 4th, 2020, and the Vegas Golden Knights are on the board in round robin play. Welcome back everybody, hope you all are having a good day. I am Danny Webster, I'm your host, and I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode, which is going to be a very interesting episode, it's going to be a very heavy episode we have a lot to talk about. We have a game that we need to discuss. We also need to discuss the events that took place before Monday's game, in which was a successful 5-3 victory for the Golden Knights over the Dallas Stars at Rogers Place in Edmonton. So, I mean, let's start there, right? Let's start with the game, and then we'll eventually work our way backwards, because that's really what's making waves in the world of hockey right now. But the Golden Knights did have a successful first round robin game on Monday in Edmonton against the Dallas Stars. Successful enough in the event that in the win column it goes your way when you look at it from the standpoint of them playing only well for 20 out of the 60 minutes. Maybe it wasn't all that great, but the mantra I've always taken when it comes to playoff hockey is this, is that you can throw stats out the window, you can throw numbers out the window, you can throw trends out the window. The only thing that matters when you get into the playoffs is if you win. And if you win, that only means you're one step closer to moving to the next round. Now, in the case of the Golden Knights, they're not playing for a next round yet. They're already guaranteed to be in the first round of the playoffs when the field of teams eventually dwindles from 24 to 16. But in the case of the Golden Knights and them in their pursuit of the number one seed in the Western Conference before we get to the actual uh, field of 16, they have a tough road ahead of them in this round robin, and it started on Monday against Dallas, in which Vegas came out firing. They have scored on their very first shot in round robin play with Chandler Stevenson scoring a minute four in, to give Vegas a one nothing lead. And from then on, everything that I envisioned Dallas doing, they did. Because if you give this team chances, which Dallas, despite having a six-game losing streak before the pause, if you give them enough chances and if you give them enough opportunity to stay in the game, they're going to make you pay. Case in point, in the second period, when Vegas really couldn't get anything going offensively, Dallas was doing a great job clogging the lanes. They really didn't have any dangerous chances. They weren't even able to get into the slot. Pretty much everything Vegas was working from in the second period was coming from the outside. Dallas, on the other hand, turned that into their advantage, scoring three goals in rapid succession in the second period. Uh, all assisted by Mira Heiskanen, by the way, which, by the way, if you will, ponder me for a moment, uh, a alternate reality where the Golden Knights don't fall to six in their inaugural draft lottery. They go to number three and they draft Mira Heiskanen instead of Cody Glass. Just ponder that. Picture it, if you will. Picture it. Picture it, if you will. Uh, but Heiskanen had three assists and the Stars took an immediate three to one lead in the blink of an eye in goals scored by good old buddy Joe Pavelski, Corey Perry, and Jamie Alexiak. Uh, none of them really Robin Leonard's fault. Leonard, by the way, played great. He had 25 saves on 28 shots. He played pretty well. Just those goals, you can't really blame the goalie for. Pavelski's went off someone else's skate, uh, but the other two could be put on the blame of the 
the forwards playing in front of him for not being able to clear the puck, notably a rough evening for one Nicholas Waugh, who failed to clear the puck multiple times in Vegas's last two goals, which led to Alexiak going bar down on Leonard, and then which led to Corey Perry's power play goal moments after Shea Theodore committed a hooking call. Third period kind of turned everything around on its head, if we're going to be completely honest. Four goals in a span of, actually, well, put it this way, three goals in a span of less than five minutes. The fourth goal was an empty net goal. But Mark Stone led, started the comeback with a ridiculous shot from a ridiculous distance to beat Ben Bishop, blocker side, to cut it to 3-2. to two. And then moments later, off a broken stick from Essa Lindell, the Golden Knights lead the rush with William Carlson, who was reunited with Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault on this day because Pete DeBoer needed to make something happen with the lines. Uh... Bouncing puck goes Nate Schmidt's way. He fires it and beats Bishop, and all of a sudden the game is tied. And then good old William Carrier, who, you know, we knew about his speed. We knew about his forechecking. We knew he had some pretty decent stick work, but I don't think he planned on going deep into the bag and going full on William Carlson between the legs and beating Bishop to give Vegas a 4-3 lead late in the third period. Now, the goal was challenged by DeBoer because it was initially waved off due to goaltender interference, but Carrier never stepped inside the crease, and Vegas took the lead. They were able to clamp down from then on. William Carlson with the empty net goal. 5-3 is your final, and the Golden Knights have two points in round-robin play, which means this game Thursday against the St. Louis Blues, looms very, very large. Now, the Blues are probably going to be playing like a very angry team after getting beat at the buzzer by Nazem Kadri and the Colorado Avalanche over the weekend. But the Golden Knights have shown they can go toe-to-toe with the Blues, as in case of their last two meetings. Now, granted, uh, a lot of goals were scored in those games. A lot of goals should not be scored in games between the Blues and the Golden Knights, but alas, here we are. And the way that the Golden Knights played them in the last two meetings, I think I, I think we can all be fairly confident in saying that if this turns into a track meet and if this does turn into a situation where the Golden Knights have to put up a lot of goals on the Blues, do the Blues have enough firepower to keep up with them? Absolutely, but I think that plays well into Vegas's hands. If Jordan Bennington gets hot and Vegas can't score, and St. Louis is already up two, three goals, which I'm presuming would be against Marc-Andre Fleury if we're going to go off this route, then Vegas is in trouble. Again, when you talk about these kinds of playoff games, whether it's a playoff game, round-robin game, whatever the case may be, the, the, game, the, the name of the game really is to just win. It, it, again, numbers really don't mean anything, and Vegas did not play well for 40 minutes, and even Pete DeBoer tested that today uh, during his Zoom availability, saying that the 40 minutes, the first 40 minutes of the game, were the poorest stretch of hockey, one of the poorest stretches of hockey that he's seen since he's since he was named the coach on January 15th. For a team that went 15-5 and two under DeBoer before the pause, yeah, that's kind of concerning. That 40 minutes they did not look that great, but I will say this. For a team that does not have their leading scorer in Max Pacioretty, for a team that has not played in five months, to go in and get really a solid win in an exhibition game against Coyotes, and then to get to to rally from two down to win by two 
in the span of 20 minutes, I think is a true testament to seeing what this team could be at full strength. Now, Pacioretty, there is no update on Pacioretty, but uh, DeBoer remains on the the cognizant that he is on the horizon and that an appearance is, is expected soon for number 67. So whether that means he will be available for Thursday's game against the Blues remains to be seen. Whether that means they're going to push him out of the lineup of the Blues and have him ready for Colorado, that is another that also remains to be seen. Likelihood is that Pacioretty will need to play a game before they go into the playoffs because that would make sense. You would want your top scorer to be ready for the playoffs and at least give him a game while your teammates have already played at least two. So, uh, game on Thursday is against the Blues. Time is still to be determined on that one, but hopefully it's another early start. I enjoyed the early start uh, yesterday with the Golden Knights and Dallas. But overall, uh, my overall thoughts on this game, I know I kind of broke it down, but overall thoughts on the game here. Vegas turned it up in the third period when they got their feet moving and they got their forecheck going. The minute that they started establishing a forecheck and the minute that they started establishing themselves in the offensive zone, that's when the game officially turned. Uh, I thought Dallas did a very good job keeping them neutralized, really, in the offensive. They couldn't really get anything going in the in the offensive zone. Dallas pretty much did most of its work in the neutral zone, and Vegas couldn't get anything going. Uh, the fact that they started moving their feet, they started getting chances, they started getting after Bishop, they started crashing the net, that's when the game turned. And really, if it weren't for the fact that Chandler Stevenson scored a goal, which, by the way, great shot, but it also came off a deflection or two. If he doesn't score that goal, uh, we're looking at a possible overtime game in an exhibition. I don't think Vegas wants to go into that kind of mindset. Playing an exhibition game in... Uh, uh, or not exhibition game, a round robin game, uh, playing in overtime. Ask the Washington Capitals and the Tampa Bay Lightning from yesterday if they want to do that. So overall, Vegas got the win. That's really all that should matter. It, if we want to go into a deeper dive, we can. But the most important thing right now is that the Golden Knights have two points. They are tied with Colorado atop the round robin. And Thursday's game against St. Louis looms very large. And of course, friends, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can absolutely do so by going to twitter.com and searching Locked On VGK. You can also follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And if you want to send an email, because emails are fun, LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com is the place to do that. So just in case you want to reach out to me uh, for whatever reason this may be. Okay, so I feel like it is important that we discuss this at least in some capacity because I know it is going to be uh, something that we're going to be discussing for a little while, knowing what has happened over the course of the last five months, knowing what has happened in the hockey world during this pause, what some NHL players are trying to strive for in the hopes of this, and especially what happened before puck drop last night. So I'm pretty sure you all are very well aware that four players, two from Dallas, two from Vegas, the Dallas players being Jason Dickinson and Tyler Sagan, and the Golden Knights players being Ryan Reeves and Robin Leonard, all took a knee during both national anthems last night in a sign to show opposition toward racial injustice and systemic racism and police brutality which has been the rallying cry 
for many who have wanted to show their opposition toward all of those for the last number of years. And of course, it has sparked protests nationwide over the last number of months, primarily the death of George Floyd and the death of Breonna Taylor, among others. So this was the first instance that we've gotten to see multiple players or even a player during a, before a game taking a knee. Now, Wild defenseman Matt Dumba took a knee during the anthem during the national anthem on Saturday after he gave his speech uh, before the Blackhawks played the Oilers in Game One of their qualifying series. So this is really the first time that anyone else has decided to take a knee. Now, obviously, Reeves being technically speaking the only black player on the active roster. He was asked over the weekend whether he thought about taking a knee before Thursday's game against Arizona, and essentially put Reeves had said that he did not want to make his teammates feel uncomfortable, to which that drew a lot of backlash from what I saw on Twitter. But over the course of the next 48 hours, before Vegas played Dallas, um, Reeves had contemplated taking a knee. And not only did he do that, and not only did he approach uh, Pete DeBoer, Kelly McCrimmon, and George McPhee about that possibility, that to which uh, all three of them lended their full support for Reeves to do that, he was approached by one Robin Leonard to basically say, hey, I will do this with you because I feel that it is right. To which that in itself was kind of a surprise, really, because Leonard, if you all recall, back in 2016, 2017, had a Donald Trump sticker on his mask when he was a member of the Buffalo Sabres. And even last night, Leonard addressed the sticker and said that it was something that he now regrets doing because of the divisiveness in this country. It was a very powerful moment. Uh, I think a moment very much needed in the hockey world, especially with where things are, and we know how there is a small number of black players in National Hockey League, which is why they have created, or at least seven current and former players have created the Hockey Diversity Alliance, and Matt Dumba is one of them, Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks is another one. Ryan Reeves is not because... Even Reeves addressed this at the time if he thought about joining them or if Evander Kane reached out to him. And Reeves, whose father was a sheriff and whose great-great-great-grandfather was a sheriff as well, he lends really an interesting view of this whole thing. And he's kind of, he's kind of needed to figure out his own plan of attack because if he were to just jump right in, then, of course, he has his family to worry about, not not just his teammates. And Reeves is someone who I don't think needs to seek validation from his teammates. If he wanted to take a knee, if he felt the need to take a knee by himself, I think he would have done it, and I don't think any of his teammates would have batted an eye. But the fact that Robin Leonard very outspokenly was like, I'm going to do this with you, because it needs to be done, number one. And number two, we need to send a message. And I thought Leonard's words, as far as his reasoning for doing it, 
I thought spoke many volumes. It would be one thing if it was just a black player or multiple black players deciding to take a knee. It's a whole other situation in its entirety when you have three white players coming together and, and joining Reeves in this cause. And again, it's not just in America. In America, it's heightened because the National Hockey League is primarily played in America, but it's systemic racism that's going across many countries across the world, which has a great profound impact on those in Canada and those in Sweden, like Robin Leonard and Ryan Reeves and Tyler Sagan. And even Sagan has been one to not only use his platform to kind of show support via words, he has been out in Dallas protesting with many of those protesting in Dallas over this whole ordeal. So I think that in itself was just as powerful. Now, I want to make it very clear here. I do not want to turn this into a political debate. It needs to happen, but for the sake of this podcast and for the sake of just in general, because I've seen it enough on Twitter, I've seen it enough when I share an article on the Nights on Ice Facebook page, I I see it everywhere, okay? And quite frankly, it's annoying. The same arguments, everything, it's annoying. For the sake of this podcast, I do not want to turn this into a political debate. If you have any opinions on this topic, I would hope that you would respond in a respectful manner and not as, you know, harsh, condescending, anything like that. It's like what I said earlier when the show resumed, that It's your choice to wear a mask if you don't want to. Just don't be the, just don't be the one to chastise people for those who choose to do it. It's going to go along the lines here as well. If you are someone who opposes any athlete taking a knee, if you are someone who opposes anybody for standing up and expressing their voice toward systemic racism, racial injustice, police brutality, my hope is that you would at least listen. As I'm sure you probably don't think you're being listened to enough. I could go on and on and say what my feelings are to this whole situation. It wouldn't make a difference to a lot of my audience. Because a lot of you primarily care about just hockey topics, but at the end of the day, this is where we are as a society. And I think it's very important that these discussions are being had. I think it's important that these acts of taking a knee are being had because it needs to happen. It needs to happen to send a message. Now, what they do going forward that that's the biggest question through all this is what happens going forward and that's an answer that i don't have and i don't think any of us have i think it's important that if we have an opinion on this 
don't chastise others who feel differently than you do. And I think Robin Leonard spoke on that eloquently and wonderfully during the press conference last night. Everyone is going to have an opinion and not everybody is going to like their opinion. And that really is the problem in America today. And Leonard, I thought, put that brilliantly, is that we are in a world now where everyone needs to have an opinion, especially on this topic. And if someone disagrees with you, then they all of a sudden become your enemy. I don't like that. I I don't like that. So my hope is that if you have any comments toward this situation toward me, please make it respectful. Don't make it political. Don't do anything of that sort. Because it is not needed. The conversation is needed. The whole political spectrum around it is not. Because that is not something that we need to dive right into. Because if I express my views, what good is that going to do? What good is that going to do? Because all we're going to be doing is yelling at each other. And all we're going to be doing is getting in each other's faces. Over this whole situation. Do I think what happened yesterday needed to be ha- needed to happen? Yes. Do I think that we need to get to a point in this society where black people or any other minority does not need to feel afraid of living in this country? Absolutely. But I think the overall conscience of this and the overall message that we need to send is that there needs to be peaceful dialogue. There can't be this bickering back and forth between both sides because then nothing's ever going to get done. And that's really the state of which we live in. We need to have conversations as mellow, understanding, conscious human beings. And that's really the only way we're going to progress forward with any of this. It was a powerful statement yesterday that needed to happen. And of course, it being the Golden Knights, it needed to be discussed on this podcast. I feel like it was important to bring it up, and I felt it was important to let it be known what needs to happen. But again, if you are going to have a comment on this, and if you're going to attack it from a political standpoint, that's where I draw the line. We can have a peaceful dialogue about this. I fully believe that if we all just chilled out, and not felt like we were all being attacked, or we felt like that we were disrespecting one thing or disrespecting another. And we just listened. We just listened to one another. Whether we think one side is right and one side is wrong, and I'm pretty sure based on how I'm talking, you all know which side I think is right and wrong. But there needs to be healthy dialogue. And that's what I think we're missing right now. So there we go. Hopefully we won't need to dive into this discussion. My my hope is to just have one discussion of this. If it happens again, of course, we will bring it up in a news-like manner. But I feel like those are my essential thoughts on this whole thing and what happened yesterday. I think it was very, in a way, I think it was very brave of what those four players did. And I do think it sent a message across the hockey world and across the world in general 
of where things stand with a lot of these people in this situation. So there you go. If you don't like my opinion, have at it. But again, if you want to have a healthy discussion, that's what I'm open for. I'm not open to ridiculous bantering on both sides. I'm not, I'm not here for the name calling. I'm not here for any of that. This is a time in this situation with hundreds of thousands of people dead due to a global pandemic. And in the midst of all that, we are now seeing events of systemic racism and racial injustice being brought to light in a more heightened manner. And that, I think, is the discussion that we need to have. All right, so one look around the league before we get out of here, because I just turned my head, and Nashville and Arizona is currently on the TV right now. And Nashville has responded well with a 2-0 lead over the Coyotes after the Coyotes won game one, so clearly we know where that's headed. Uh, The Islanders, last I checked, uh, were defeating the Florida Panthers, I believe 4-2, and that, in fact, was not the final. No, that was the final score. Three goals in the second period for the Islanders. 4-2 win uh, for New York uh, on this day. Again, we already talked about Nashville beating Arizona. Uh, the Lightning beat the Capitals 3-2 in a shootout yesterday. We already mentioned that. The Hurricanes are one win away from a sweep of the New York Rangers after Andres Vechnikov's hat trick. The Calgary Flames blew a gigantic shot at putting this series away. That, I thought, was the biggest disappointment last night, is that the Flames knew the Jets would be without Mark Shifley and Patrick Laine, and still, the Jets could not put them away. 3-2 to two win for the Winnipeg Jets, a 28-state performance for Connor Hellebuck. The Penguins tied their series with the Canadians after a 3-1 win, and the Blackhawks had a chance to really make some noise here. 6-3 loss to the Edmonton Oilers in Game 2. That was your final score. So there you go. Look around the league and more and more games today, more and more games tomorrow. All of it is happening. Tomorrow, it being an off day, we're more than likely going to be doing uh, the second part of our round-robin roundtable with the hosts of Locked on Avs and Locked on Stars. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that first part. The second part will likely be up tomorrow. It, and I looked at the audio file yesterday. It's pretty long. So we're probably going to definitely go more than three parts. More than likely, it will dive into uh, Thursday and Friday. We'll see how that goes. It totally depends on how these games turn out. So be on the lookout for that, even though more than likely this thing will be uploaded. Well, after the fact, the round robin is over because the round robin's over next week. So... I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out by then. But uh, that will do it for me today, everybody. Thank you for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing. All of that jazz is greatly appreciated. Once again, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com if you would like to do that. All of those are great ways to get a hold of me. So tomorrow, uh, we'll do the Round Robin Roundtable, and hopefully we will have more updates on Max Pacioretty and maybe who the starting goalie will be uh, tomorrow or Thursday. Tomorrow. I wish it was tomorrow. It'd be nice if it was tomorrow. So thank you guys for joining me today. Have a good day. Have a good 
rest of your week, I guess. I don't know. But until tomorrow, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked On Gold Knights, part of Locked On Podcast Network, and I will see you tomorrow. Have a good day.